Hey everyone, welcome back to my Blackadian universe. As is often the case um, with the inspiration for a lot of the sad topics of my uh, podcast, our discussions, it's um, conversations with my friends. And I was talking to one of my girlfriends the other day. We were just hanging out, and you know, we always talk about social issues and uh, racism, of course, and anti-blackness came up. And, you know, we said people hate black people and dislike anything associated with blackness so much that they don't even realize it. And um, I thought that was 100% truth, capital T. So I want to talk about it. So for those of you that um, have listened to some of my uh, other episodes, I mentioned a story and I'll tell it again now just when I was a teenager we hung out at the mall that's what you do when you're a teen <laughs> and uh, you know, I was hanging out with one of my friends and there were these white girls that were following us around you know they um, they didn't like us for whatever reason and um, you know I'm still friends it's one of my oldest friends I'm still friends with um, my friend now that we were there together and um we often think about what we did to um anger these girls so much and we were just existing while black but what it was was that we didn't fit into their um stereotypical images of what black people should look like and I'll, you know, we, we've talked about this all these years later. Um, it often, not often, but, you know, it comes up enough when we talk about just existing in a space while black. And we, to this day, have no idea what we did. But it, it basically comes down to that we weren't acting like what they thought black girls should be acting like. We were in a mall, a very, you know, hoity-toity kind of mall. Because, um, you know, it's the mall where near we lived and um i I also talked about um how i grew up in a you know predominantly jewish neighborhood there weren't a lot of you know that many black people around and um we were comfortable we seemed comfortable in the space this was just like another you know weekend day for us we seemed comfortable we were happy we were you know middle classy like we just knew that they didn't expect us to be there they probably didn't even know why they didn't like us being there or what it was about us that you know angered them so much um and you know they were just you know following us just like like imagine any like 90s sitcom where they're being obviously you know looking us up and down and the only thing so they followed us into some like shoe store and one of the girls just blurted out well yeah she has like a big ass or something and then they ran giggling out of the store 
and it was like the only thing they could find to fault us about I guess um and I think I've said in the past you know well thank you uh thank you very much for that observation I'm gonna do some more squats um (laughs) you know and so um but that insult in itself was something that you know was anti-black you know stereotypically black women are supposed to have you know bigger um, backsides if I want to sound like I'm about 70 years old and um, you know and they thought that that was a great insult they thought that was so um so good you know first of all that's some racist ass bull crap but the fact that they thought that that was a real zinger um was you know that deep uh anti-black bias that i feel a lot of people have without even realizing it including you know black people themselves and so um one of the things that I'm grateful for is that my parents uh, really did a, (laughs) I was going to say, did a real number on me, but not in a bad way. My parents are beautiful, wonderful, loving. I feel so blessed and lucky to have them as parents. And what they did was they made me love blackness. So by the time I encountered anti-blackness, I thought it was excuse my language but batshit crazy I didn't get it like I was like what you know what I mean and um you know I my family was from is from Barbados and um you know immigrated here to Canada and so we made annual trips uh, at least once a year for several weeks back um to Barbados you know since I was an infant before I could remember um and that was you know I was exposed to my culture. I loved my culture. Everyone that loved me, surrounded me, my aunts and uncles and, you know, everybody, they were beautiful black people. And I, my parents found, you know, I talk, I, you know, listen, if you haven't listened to the Aunt Jemima episode before, because it's just an example of how no anti-black nonsense was allowed into my home. You know, my sister and I, we begged for that Aunt Jemima syrup because that's what was, you know, all the rage. And my parents were like, hell to the no. That uh, mammy thing is not coming in my house. And of course, as we got older, they explained to us the reason. But at the time, you know, it was just a no. And we didn't understand the reason behind it. But it was because it's, you know, they had a big anti-black logo slogan spokesperson person and my parents were just like no all that messaging down to the syrup that we ate you know and I said you know you're Canadian your syrup is gonna have a maple leaf on it that was what we were told um you know (laughs) until we were old enough to understand but that is like the level of detail you know that it went to the care that my parents instilled in me so when I say that I have that strong love of my blackness um I feel gifted with that because I know that is not the case for so many people and I entirely credit that to my parents you know my hair my my butt everything you know everything is celebrated in my family for being black because we would we the the understanding is that you're not going to get that messaging from anywhere else um and so you have to believe it and it's you know been just it 
it's in my blood. And so um, when I encountered, you know, those girls, you know, maybe for someone it would be devastating and I would now have a, like a butt complex, but I, you know, it just rolled off me like, you know, water off of a duck's back because I was like, oh, those women just don't like black people, whatever. Um, and so <laughs> I, you know, and so I, when I say that people just don't even know that they have that is because I'm sure that those women, those girls, we were teenagers at the time, those young women had no idea, had no idea what they were feeling, why they were feeling it, um, why we were so of interest to them because we must have stuck out to them like a sore throat because everything that they probably know about black people, we weren't them you know, um, we weren't them. So they had no idea what to do with that information. I'm pretty sure they would have been kind and pitying to us if, you know, they thought we were unattractive or, you know, we dressed poorly and they would have been like, felt like they did a good deed if they befriended the, you know, the black kids that were fish out of water. But the fact that we felt comfortable in their spaces, um, made them angry and it's something that I've encountered many times in my life since then um, uh, in my work environment just generally being in my being and I, I'll, I'll be honest I wear I wear my blackness with pride and it upsets people like I, I <laughs> um you know, I have natural uh, black hair, as I've talked about before, and um, people expect me to be uncomfortable with it or, you know, berate it or, you know, talk about how um, it's so difficult to manage or, you know, and I, you know, I, you know, try to played off, you know, I'm like, well, you know, as women, we spend hours in the salon chairs, you know, and I also, also, you know, I'll be honest, I um, put it back on them, turn it around on them, I'll be like, you know, you dye your hair and, you know, outing people for their shit. And, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, yeah, you know, it's just a, it's a matter of self care and taking care of it. And I was like, you yeah, know, it's no more difficult than any other woman. I mean, I said, women can choose or men can choose to just, you know, have a close cropped haircut or do whatever they need. It's all about, you know, your time investment and, you know, but I'm not supposed to be scared of my hair. Oh, I'm running away from the hair growing out of my scalp. But, you know, I've often had people have those conversations with me as though I'm oh, how long did that take? Or, you know, when, you know, if I have braids or whatever the case may be. And I'm like, you know what, this isn't, I'm not going to stand here and slag off, you know, my culture to make you feel like my life is one giant inconvenience. It's not, you know, you want this hairstyle, you know, you wish you could rock these braids, like, please get out of my face. Um, <laughs> so um, I just I feel that it's so deeply rooted, it's so deeply rooted, and that messaging comes around so clearly, and everybody knows, and I talk about it all the time, um, you know, um, Jane Elliott, when she talks about that, you know, raise your hand if you want to be treated like a black person, and everybody knows, you know, 
very strongly that they don't want to be black. They, they know it. Um, they know that they don't want that for themselves. And it, it's such a powerful message because that's a message that people have received um, from the earliest, you know, messaging from the earliest people in their lives that it's better. There is a hierarchy of races and you don't want to be black. There are, you know, people that whole is their whole identity and existence is based on the fact that um of their racial superiority and it's it's really really sad and i feel that a lot of people are afraid to confront that about themselves because um something that's also um made very clear is that you never ever speak about it we know it's bad to be black, but um, don't ever say that out loud. Don't ever speak that out loud because that will make you a bad person. Accept uh, all the privileges that come along with not being black, but don't ever, ever try to you know, talk or acknowledge that we all know that's what's happening. So what can we do? What can you do? Um, challenge your anti-blackness. Anti-blackness is just everywhere. It's, you know, um, in North America, in uh, any colonized uh, country, um, it's there because of the, the history of racism and slavery and oppression. And so, um, uh, if you didn't have the luxury of, you know, learning about anti-blackness growing up, I, I challenge you to look at, um, the way, uh, our system is built and you won't have to look too far to see that it is built on anti-blackness in, um, you know, the things you read, the systems in your schools, in education, it's just, you know, housing, fair housing, you know, where you live and um, who has access to certain privileges. You'll see it everywhere um, and challenge it. I, I encourage you to challenge it when someone, you know, says something that, you know, strikes you the wrong way. Uh, be sure to challenge it. Support um black organizations support black institutions in your um, neighborhood you know support black businesses these are all things that you can do to sort of combat that i wanted to you know we're not defenseless we are not um helpless against this anti-blackness but um what needs to happen to make it uh go away is that people need to acknowledge it acknowledge that it, it's it's very very real and that um so much of how we live our lives are um based on um you know being uh, the assumption that everything associated with blackness is negative and so um i can say uh without reservation that it is absolutely not true. Um, being black is amazing. 
<laughs> and um, uh, yeah, just just challenge those notions wherever you can, um, and the world will be better for it. So thank you so much for listening, and I will talk to you next time.